0: Now, if, if Reverend McCandless was still the pastor here, he'd say, I know the service has gone long, but I'm still going to preach for another hour. I'm going to ask you to give me 15 minutes. See what I mean? We've been talking about Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. How many have that memorized? One, two, three, four. We're getting there, five. Wow. Well, we still have a ways to go, don't we? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 is a wonderful verse to memorize. If you only memorize one verse in the Bible, that's a good one. It's not the only one, but it's a good one to memorize because it talks to us about how we think. And these things are going to drive me crazy because <laughs> I have to use my hands to talk. I feel like I'm going to take off here in a minute. <laughs> but when you think about anything in life, if you started it with this verse, you would be so much better off because Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 talks to us about how we should think. And each word is a key to how we think. We've talked about truth. We've talked about honor. We've talked about what is right or what is just. And those three things form the bedrock for how we think about everything else. Because then the Apostle Paul tells us we should think about what is pure. And so let's read the verse together. Let's just read it out loud together. If you would, just take your pastor's insert, or if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and we'll read it out of the Scripture this morning or out of our Scripture inserts. Let's begin to read. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Now, some of you have learned it in different versions, and I had the wonderful experience to have somebody come up to me after church last Sunday and say, "I can tell you the verse." And they told it to me outside, and they had one word just a little bit off. And I said, "Oh,". "It's a ninety nine percent." They said, "Well, I know I did it right. What was wrong?" I said, "You had one verse off because you were quoting from the NIV." He said, "No." That was the 1984 edition. So he had it all right. He had it perfect. So if you, if you have any little words off, that's okay. But please, memorize this verse and then come talk to me after church and tell me the verse. Tell me you know this verse. Because I want you to think about what this verse tells us. And specifically this morning, what it comes when it comes to thinking purely. Now, how many of you... We'll go to the grocery store and walk by all the normal food to get to the organic section. I know there's people in here, you might be too ashamed to admit it, but you'll pay almost twice as much for a loaf of bread if it says organic on it. Because, no, don't get all upset with me. I'm going to make a point here in a minute. There's nothing wrong with wanting to eat healthy. There's nothing wrong with not wanting pesticides all over your food or some chemical engineer from Monsanto engineering your corn. I'm in favor of all of that. What I'm asking you to think about is how you think about other things just besides your food. And if you realized the impurities in your food... Even the organic food, and maybe especially the organic, because they just have extra grasshoppers or something in them, I don't know. You would be shocked. But here we are in one of the greatest countries in the world. We have one of the best food supply systems in the world. We get food around to everybody, so we have so much food that the backs of our grocery stores are filled with food we've thrown out every day. We throw millions and millions and millions of tons of food away every day in this country. We are so blessed that food prices are less than 20% of our total budgets for our homes, where in some countries it's 30, 40% of a total budget just to eat. And so we are so blessed. But when we think about what we eat so carefully, we'll read the label. I'm a label reader. By the way, this sermon is for me. It's not for you. If you don't get anything out of it, it's okay. I'm preaching it myself this morning because I want to think differently, and especially when it comes to how I think about what is pure, what is pure. Because I will pay extra for organic. I won't even eat apples because they have pesticides on them sometimes. And I think about all oh, the stuff they put on this stuff. I you know, gave my wife a list of all the dirty fruits, You know, the things that pesticides get on. So bananas, oranges, those kind of things you can peel. You don't have to worry about it because you can get all the stuff off that they put on them and hopefully get down to something good eventually. But what is the foundation for how we think purely? You say, well, Pastor Matt, I can just tell you right now, pure thoughts are not my thing. Because life comes at me... It's difficult, something comes at me, and the first thing I think about is not what's pure. I can guarantee you that. What is he talking about? The order of this list is important. And I've talked to you about that list being important. Because if you cannot think about what is true, then you can't think about what is pure. In other words, The foundation for purity is based on the truth of what something is. What if all those organic labels were just false? What if they just put organic on it to make you buy them and charge you twice as much? There's an expectation that somebody has checked up on that loaf of bread to make sure that it is organic, or that fruit that's growing in that orchard is growing with all the worms in it instead of without the worms, organically. You want to make sure that those things are being checked on, right? So it's pure. Well, if you don't know the truth... You can't think about what's pure because you don't know what's true. So the first word in this order is extremely important. And the closer you get to the source of what is really true, spiritually, the purer it becomes. The more you walk with Jesus, the closer you get to the heart of heaven, the better you get yourself. God's not just about saving us. He's about sanctifying us. He's not just about forgiving us. He's about transforming us. And that's what this word is about. As we become more like Jesus, we become better ourselves because we walk in the truth. Unfortunately, just thinking about what is pure doesn't make the world around us any better. And Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have kept my heart pure? I am clean and without sin. Sometimes we get mixed up. We think that just because we're not thinking pure thoughts that somehow God's mad at us. When somebody comes into our lane on the freeway and we start thinking thoughts towards them that are not nice. Oh man. We have to work at it sometimes to think good thoughts. My Mother and my grandmother and I have been joking about that all weekend, about how our strong personalities get in the way of our nice intentions all the time. We've made up acronyms for each other. <laughs> you don't want to know until after service, but I'll tell you if you want to know. <laughs> we all have things about us, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about how we think about The things of heaven and how we think about who we are, about what the truth is. Can you think pure thoughts towards God about the truth of who he is? And say, God, even though I'm going through a difficulty right now because the truth of your word tells me that you will never leave me and never forsake me, I'm going to stand on that truth and I'm going to think thoughts of pure faith towards heaven. God, help me to think pure thoughts of faith towards you. God wants to do that for us. When we look at the situation, we want to honor that person. We want to honor the situation and do the right thing. God can help us to think pure thoughts towards the honor of who we should be and and instill in us a desire to be everything he wants us to be. When it comes to what is right and doing the right thing, we may sometimes have inconsistencies in our thoughts about what God wants us to do and doing the right thing, but God can help us to look towards heaven and say, God, help me in this situation to do the right thing and want the right thing. And God will help you to think thoughts of purity towards doing the right thing. And so there's a deep, abiding joy that comes when we focus on our walk with our Heavenly Father and think thoughts towards Him that are pure. And that's why Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. There's a pure joy that comes with serving Jesus. I can't explain it. I can't describe it. When I'm doing the right thing, it's a yahoo. And when I'm doing the wrong thing, it's an oh boy. And I want God's wisdom to surround me and for my foundations to be built on truth and honor and righteousness and the purity that that brings to me and how i think about the truth and how i think about honor and how i think about what is right has never been more expressed in the history of the world than in one man named jesus and when i turn my thoughts towards jesus and I begin to think about what he has done for me, and when I begin to think about the sacrifice that he made for me, and when I think about the very best of heaven coming to the very worst of circumstances, and I think about what he's done for me, the purest thoughts that I have are when I begin to focus on following Jesus and what he wants me to do and how he wants me to live. And when I do that, and when I begin to follow that, it brings out songs that have been written for 2,000 years. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's something fantastic that happens in our lives that happens when we transform our thoughts into thinking like Jesus wants us to think. And that's why Hebrews chapter 12 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith the king james says the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and is sitting down at the right hand of the throne of god who were we created to be how were we created to think what did the author and creator want us to think like jesus showed us a heart of love a heart of compassion a heart of grace a heart of mercy This is the God that we serve, and this is how he wants us to think. And so if you pay $7 for a loaf of organic bread, and you look down at the ingredients this week, and you think about what I preached about, go out the door with that $7 loaf of bread and say, I'm going to think just as much about Jesus as I did about this loaf of bread. I'm going to think just as much about what God wants me to do as I am about what aisle I am in the grocery store buying what I'm going to buy. I'm going to pay just as much attention to the Bible as I am to the labels on my bread. And I'm going to pick that up once in a while and let that transform my life and change my life so that I can be spiritually fit to be the person that God wants me to be. Does that mean I'm always going to think pure thoughts? No. Does that mean that my temperature is always going to be just at the right point, you know, no, my temperature rises once in a while. Things happen sometimes that I don't like. Sometimes people just need a good swift kick. (laughs) And me first at the front of that line. But as we allow God to transform our lives, the message this morning Is that he can help us to think the way he wants us to think that our thoughts can be changed that our thoughts can be transformed we don't have to be stuck in the muck and the mud we can look towards heaven and think about what he has done in the truth of who he is think about what he's done in the honor that he's given to all of us by coming and dying on the cross for our sins thinking about what he has made right all the wrongs that have ever happened, and to think pure thoughts about what God wants us to be is my goal and should be your goal as well in this Christian walk as we live in the saving and sanctifying grace that he gives us each day. I hope that this year you will grow just a little bit closer to heaven than you were the year before. And as the old song says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. That's our prayer. That's our goal. And this morning, I pray that you'll join me in thinking differently this week. And you'll unlock the key of purity in your life. Not the key that makes you sinlessly perfect. Because if you're sinlessly perfect here this morning, there's some really nice guys in white suits that'll come up outside here, and uh, they will take you away to the padded places that they keep people that are Not crazy, like you. But what it will do is it'll help us to think about what it means to live like we were designed to think. And to think good things. God never intended us to eat genetically modified food. It wasn't his plan. God never intended us to have to worry about pesticides and Agent Orange and all the DDTs and all the other things they put. That wasn't his plan. We've done a lot of that. His plan is for us to live organically (laughs) without any sin or impurities in active rebellion against God. Where We can say, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm not in active rebellion against you either. And may your grace fill my life today. I hope you can think that with me this week. Reverend McCandless, I want you to come, and I'm going to hand this microphone down to you. Would you all stand with me as we conclude our service today? Thank you so much for being here. I've listened to this man preach for many years, and I'd like for him to say a prayer of blessing over me and over this service today and anybody here who, who, who might need some help.
1: Let's bow our heads and pray. I think for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And dear Lord, these folks here that have been saved and have trusted you as Savior, that's the joy. That's the joy that was set before him, that we could be saved and know you personally. We think this morning, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name, I know. And that Jesus is the one that gives us the purity of thought and gives us that verse to live through our lives. So get us, each one here, closer to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, get us closer to you. And the things of this world will glow sorely dim like he quoted a moment ago. I just pray your blessing on, (laughs) I used to say this young man, And of course, he thinks I'm 100 years old, but Lord, uh, I do ask your blessing on Matt Palm. And Lord, while I pray for him, I pray for his brother there in New Guinea. Dear Lord, I pray for all the Palm family, the ones that are serving God and doing what God has called them to do. I pray your richest blessing on this church with this pastor. We're thankful for the work and the labor to get this degree, this master's degree. I pray, dear Lord, that he'll use it to the glory of God. And I pray that you'll bless his dear wife. Lord, we didn't forget her. You didn't forget her. And Matt loves her so much, and she's been so much a part of his ministry. I pray that you'll bless Missy and bless the boys. Each one, I pray. Oh, God bless his family, bless grandma, bless his mother, bless the whole family, I pray, of Palms. I remember a time in my mind's eye when none of them knew the Lord way back, way back. And we thank God that someone cared enough for those boys to get them into Sunday school and get people to God. And now look at here, right now, master's degree. Dear Lord, serving Jesus, being a pastor, loving people, oh, how we thank you. We praise you. And now keep the blessing and keep the fire burning in his soul, I pray. And bless this church in an unusual way. For Christ's sake, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Shake hands with at least five people and have a great week. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today.